welcome to Unscripted Startups. I'm your host, Cameron Stack, here in the beautiful Silicon Slopes, Utah. This podcast is the place to be to receive actionable insight and advice for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. First, get credit cards that's actually good, meaning that they have benefits that you will use. Never spend more than what you can afford. So if you don't have the cash to buy a $100 pair of shoes, don't put it on your credit card. You need to be able to pay that off by the end of the month. Another good thing about credit cards is it helps you consolidate your bills. So when I used to be working at a branch, what I see a lot of is people don't use credit cards and they have all these bills that's coming in at different times of the month and they end up overdrafting their account because they didn't put into consideration when certain bills are coming in. It's not like they don't make enough money. They're not. They're, it's not like they don't have the money to pay for it. It's just that their paycheck comes in on the 4th, but their PJE bill goes out on the 3rd. So they end up overdrafting their account on it. So a credit card is a very good way of preventing that from happening. Um, Another thing I would say is credit score is extremely important. At least in U.S., it's one of the most important things you, you have to look at. Try to get above 750. Um, you really don't need 800, but 750 is it is the gold standard for credit ratings. And use the rewards on the credit cards to your advantage. And one way that I look at it is, say, you have a Bank of America cashback credit card. It Assuming you don't have preferred rewards, it pays you 3% on selected categories, which is like gas, online shopping, whatever. Don't use that 3% to pay your credit card bills. That's not a good idea. You're now looking at buying stuff, looking at their price, and saying, oh, I can get 3% off on this. I will spend 3% more than I will spend. That's not a good idea. But what you can do is if I can only afford a $100 item and I make $3 off of it, I will still pay the $100 in full and I take that $3 and I go save it somewhere. I can even go and invest it somewhere because I think there's a YouTuber um, where he has an investment portfolio with thousands of dollars in it and all that money came from the cash back from from his credit cards. And as a result, that cashback is ended up making him more money on the long run than it is just by using that as a 3% discount on everything you buy. I've been doing a lot of research, but it's always been intriguing. And there's the two major camps. There's Dave Ramsey, who's like, cut up those credit cards, never buy anything without cash. And then there's Graham Stephan. It's like, you can get benefits from using credit cards. And that's an important thing most people forget or don't think about is credit cards are not free money. If you have the money and you're going to buy something, buy it on the credit card because there's more security and more rewards than buying it on a debit card. But never use a credit card if you wouldn't already buy it with money you have in hand. And I think that's something that's really important to remember. Also, a lot of people have been talking is if you have a credit card and someone steals your number or you get double charged or something goes wrong, there's one extra layer between you and the credit card company. And so you're more able to get your money back 
then whereas if it's a debit card, that money is taken straight out of your account and disputing a payment from your bank account is nearly impossible compared to disputing a credit card charge. For safety, for uh, fraud protection, credit cards are your best bet. Don't, if there's a risk of fraud ever happening, do not use a debit card. I'm not saying that it's not possible to dispute fraud charges on your checking account. It is possible, but it's so much more of a pain to do than it is on a credit card. For example, something that's happened recently, I personally believe the customer service at a company pretty much stole my credit card information and went shopping. This person bought almost $2,000 worth of goods. Um, and I was able to dispute it because I have proof that I didn't spend that money. I called that company's um, customer service to, to look at my um, recent um, spendings and I didn't spend that money so I just took that proof I gave it to my bank and my bank just gave me back all my $2,000 and I don't have to worry about it again but if you're doing that on a say a debit card where it's tied to your checking account chances are the um, the bank have to completely close out your checking account and open a new one it's, it's not that they can't just give you a new debit card with a new number. It's just that now that if they're using your debit card for fraud, your debit card, your, your, your personal information have now been compromised. And if they are taking money out in ways that's not just through debit card charges, if they're taking out money in ways through directly pulling from your checking account, then you're going to have a problem. And sometimes um, the way fraud dispute works for a checking account doesn't look so good on your end because um, depending on the bank, some banks will label that fraudulent account as a negative $888,000 balance, which might affect you depending on how um, companies look at things. What if someone was going to have a credit card that they use for everyday purchases and pay it off right away. Is that something you would suggest? So for cash flow reasons, sometimes you don't need to pay it off right away. You should always pay it off at the end of the month. That That is something that I say you have to do because you don't want to pay interest because that's taking money out of your own pocket. But um, you don't have to pay it right away. If you buy a $10 like sandwich right now with your credit card, you really don't have to pay it off the moment you get home. That's not something that you need to do, but you should still pay it off by the end of the month when your bill is due. Um, but what I would personally recommend is keep your credit line utilization under under 30%. So if your credit card allows you to spend $100, don't have more than $30 by the end of the month. If your ending balance is more than 30%, your, your credit score might see a little bit of a hit. So as long as you make sure before the bills do your credit line utilization is less than 30%, you're good. And then just make sure to pay it off by the end of the month so you're not paying interest. If someone was, say, a college student trying to start or grow their credit score, but they don't really have a lot of money and they maybe don't have any credit at all, how 
how would you suggest they go about it? If you're completely financially independent, meaning I'm not talking about you make so much money that you, you, you don't have to work. I'm talking about financially independent as in you don't have parents that's paying for you. Um, open a, go and open a secured credit card. Um, the secured credit card is a type of credit card where you have to put a down payment on the card so like a deposit on the card and that deposit will be your credit line until the company deems the, the, the company as in the bank the bank deems you credit worthy then they will return you your um security deposit and you can just use that like a normal credit card so that's where i would start um but do look deeper into this because not all um secured credit cards are created equal um, some of them have rewards attached to them, and some of them have um, fees attached to them. So make sure you're at least getting the one that doesn't have fees. If you can't find the one that have rewards, at least get the one that doesn't have fees. I've heard really good things about the Discover student cards. And on the flip side, I've heard about the predatory nature of Credit One and some of the other companies that try to pass themselves off as simply other cards and they just charge you ridiculous amounts of fees. So it's not even worth it to get a credit card from like Credit One. Not everyone's a lawyer, so I wouldn't tell you to read the whole fine prints when you apply for a credit card, but try to read as much of it as possible. At least read the fee section. That, that, that's the biggest part that you kind of want to look at. And um, Discover credit cards, I would say they are good options. A lot of them are secured cards. A lot of them are secured cards with, with um, benefits on top of it. And I believe most of them don't have fees, if not all of them don't have fees. Um, but there is a caveat when it comes to Discover cards. They're not Master or Visa meaning their chances of being accepted everywhere is just as low as having an Amex. So um, just make sure the places that you're going to actually takes Discover cards. If someone has got to this stage where they have a decent credit score, maybe upper 600s to mid to low 700s, what are some cards that they should maybe apply for? And what are some of your favorite credit cards? In terms of what you should apply for, if you already have credit scores, but it's at the lower, I wouldn't say that much lower, but it's at the lower end of the spectrum. As long as you're not doing it too often, you can apply for any credit cards that you think that will, that have rewards that work well for you. If you travel a lot, get a travel credit card. If you, um, just do normal spending, just get a normal cashback credit card. A card that most people always go to is the Chase Freedom card because that just straight up just gives you 1.5% cashback on no matter what you spend it on. I wouldn't say that's the best option, but that's the place to start. The winner, the, the, the one I do prefer, is to get the Bank of America um, cashback card. For me, I do strongly believe um, the credit cards that Bank of America provides is probably one of the best credit cards in the market. By default, their rewards and whatnot is kind of okay, which is just normal standard 
reward returns, their upside is they have the preferred rewards program. So if you're the type of person that can start saving, start investing, you can start investing in, in with a Merrill account, um, a self-directed Merrill account, and you end up having at least 20 grand invested, this will happen over time. But once you have 20 grand invested, now your 1%, 2%, 3% return on your credit card is a lot higher. Um, it can... It, eventually can get to the point where the 3% cash back becomes like a 5.25% cash back, something insane like that. But that requires you to have like a hundred grand. This money is not liquid money that they're looking at. They're also looking at investments. So that brings us back to the topic of investments. If you're the person that will invest and over time you're able to get to that hundred grand range, you are getting much more bang for your buck with a bank of market credit card than with a chase. The rule of thumb is avoid credit card fees so avoid annual fees when your credit score is low and your income is not high do not get a premium card so do not get an amex gold do not get an amex platinum do not get a chase reserve do not get a bank of america um, premium rewards or anything like that because if you do not have the expenditure to justify the fees for the card don't get it. If you don't have the income to use those benefits, it defeats the purpose of it. You're just burning money that way. We really want to help you guys grow and and give back in a meaningful and impactful way. So don't forget to smash that subscribe button and start downloading each and every episode. I hope you guys have an incredible week and don't forget to live life 1% better each and every day. Until next time, this has been a Unscripted Startups production. Don't forget to check us out online at unscriptedstartups.com or on your favorite social media platform at Unscripted Startups.